spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy lawsuit day to everybody. Yeah. Carrie Lake getting her day in court. Steve Zinsweister and Bruce St. James in for Gatos and Chad. Bueno. Lucky enough to talk about this on a uh, lovely Wednesday. Yeah, well, the, the hearing is going on as we speak. Uh, the trial, I guess it's I should say. been going on all day. Uh, started this morning. The judge uh, said it's going to be a two-day trial. Put a, put a time limit on a it. Twofer. Uh, so this is day one, and uh, the prosecution in this case, uh, the plaintiffs, uh, I should say, um, the Lake campaign, and uh, her lawyers are are laying out their case. Sometimes I wish that it wasn't just lawyers. I wish Carrie Lake herself was up there trying yeah, to prove I, I the bet fraud. her lawyers wish she was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, selfish thinking, I guess, on my part. Um, when we left yesterday after the show, what we knew was that there were 10 counts originally, mm-hmm. basically 10 accusations yep. filed by the Lake lawsuit. And two of them were the judge allowed to be heard. The other That's eight, what's happening now. The no merit, eight, no standing, whatever. Throw them out. Today, you're hearing at least about one, if not both. Obviously, they've got day two tomorrow, so uh, it's been a long day, to say the least. I don't want to pretend like I know every single thing that's happened in this court hearing. You're not missing I'm not watching 100% of what's happening Nor should you be. Um, But we know that a lot of what this is about is the failure of the Maricopa County printers at certain locations. And and – a right. handful of locations. And certainly. why did they fail? Right. But the thing is, Carrie Lake has to prove, her campaign and her lawyers have to prove that it was intentional that somebody messed with the printers. Not just that they failed, mm-hmm. but it was intentional and that it changed the result of the election. Yeah, that there was a conspiracy to alter the election by messing up the printers. They've spent an inordinate amount of time today. On the difference between 19-inch and 20-inch... Ballots. Ballots, yeah. Like, if you have a 20-inch piece of paper and you print 19 inches worth of ballot on it, it, does it still count? Yeah, and that there's some issue maybe with the sizing. How many times have you tried to print something and the first time you print it, like, that didn't work? It cuts off on the margins. Yeah, what is it? (laughs) Apparently, like, literally, it's something at that level. I did it landscape when I meant to do it portrait. Yeah, Yeah. no, totally, I get it. But uh, basically, what's what I've been seeing from the coverage that I've been reading this morning of this trial is, or hearing the play by play call it, is the lake lawyers are throwing a lot of conspiracies. They're calling witnesses. So like for instance, Maricopa County recorder, Stephen Richer was called as a witness today. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure he wasn't super happy about, no. but at the same time, he, he does his job. He's trying to be as transparent as possible about the, about the election process. And so they call these election officials and basically throw the conspiracies at them and say, what do you think? Yeah. And then the election officials, as they've always said, say, yeah, no. That's ridiculous. That's not a thing. Yeah. No, I didn't. Well, would it be a problem if we printed 19 inches instead of 20? Yeah, I guess that'd be a problem, but it didn't happen. Right. So what are we talking about here? And yeah, there there is um, uh, to let you know, like the 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 depths that we've gotten to. And we're going to we're going to talk to are we going to Barry Markson on a little later? Yeah, yeah. Valley attorney, an attorney who kind of has been paying a lot of attention to this. He's going to help us understand maybe some of the legality of it. But just to let you know, kind of the where we got, where's the level of the room, Steve? We have some of the cyber ninjas testifying as witnesses. 
Yeah, that yeah, we've about got, we've half got an hour ago. Heather sure. Honey, who was a manager during the state Senate audit last year. I'm reading this from uh, yeah. ABC 15, our, our TV partners, uh, Garrett Archer, over there, data analyst, who used to work in elections, so yeah. knows a thing or two. Um, yeah, man, listen, who you call as an expert in these lawsuits really matters, I would think. I would think that the judge is probably taking that into high consideration, who you're calling, um, because we can all say somebody's an expert in something, but usually that gets thrown in air quotes. Yeah. Are these people who were a part of the state Senate audit, which was a complete sham and an act put no. on for six months? Really? Does somebody who's involved in that really get labeled as an expert witness? Well, it says something about where you think your your strengths are or your weaknesses. How'd that go last year? I was going to say, if well, and, and apparently uh, they tried to bring up the 2020 election and the judge... Objection! Ru- the, they, <laughs> the judge ruled it's irrelevant and immaterial to what we're discussing. You can't, yeah. can't talk about 2020. Ask about 2022. How, how about it? Right. 2020 and 2022, while, while I know that they'd love to tie the two together. Because, of course. Because they believe that well, they're still right. arguing about the 2020, right. But you can't, you just can't do that in a court of law. Right. That's what they're learning right now is that the, the law and judges, by the way, uh, have a lot of latitude. And uh, you're, I think Carrie Lake is going to find out. Uh, but this is, you know, listen. I can already tell you what her speech is going to be about, you know, a liberal judge and, you know, that uh, she, she didn't get to present certain things and they they uh, uh, they ruled against her on uh, on important things and they wouldn't look at the evidence, evidence, the facts in front of you, despite the fact that they can't prove any of it. <laughs> Imagine that. I guess we'll see where this goes. Like you said, tomorrow's day two. I'm guessing that the defense won't have as much to do in the trial that they won't need as much time no. as the as the late camp because they're trying to prove something whereas the defense is just sitting there like okay go ahead you can see that after all this quote-unquote testimony from cyber ninjas and whatnot that it comes to the defense and they go the judge says what do you guys think you go uh, no we're, we're good we're good. actually we uh, knock yourself out if you want to believe that <laughs> you know you guys talk as long as you <laughs> exactly. want exactly we, we think they did want. a better job <laughs> of, of of proving our point than we could have uh, they don't have the burden of proof right they don't have to go up there and prove that they did the election the right way. Yeah. You can ask them all the questions that you want and they'll answer them as truthfully as they can. I mean, they're under oath this time, right? Yeah. Well, and, and, well, and that's, you know, you say that and we kind of gloss over it, but even attorneys know, and we've had attorneys sanctioned already, not just here in Arizona, but in other places that um, attorneys specifically cannot lie in court. They cannot knowingly, you know, project a falsehood. They can't, they have a obligation, an ethical and legal obligation to not do that. So a lot of the crazy that you've heard and the, you know, standing on stage and the shaking of fists and the tweets, they don't come up in court because the attorneys, well, they're still going to be attorneys tomorrow. You're hopefully. held responsible yeah. by the bar they're for like, what you say. We're not going down the crazy path because we know that stuff's not true. I'm not going to go up there and blame Clint Hickman for feeding the ballots to his chickens. For example. And then setting it all on Good fire. Example. <laughs> Good example. You'll hear a candidate say that. You won't hear a lawyer yeah, You can lie in public all day long. You can lie right. from a stage all day long. You do it in court. Good stuff. So we are keeping an eye on uh, on day one of the Lake trial, day two tomorrow. Abe Hamaday in the AG's race will get his day in court yeah. as well. So, again, something to keep an eye on. And they're moving these along quickly because, and understandably, they want to have some sort of a resolution before 
inauguration, which yeah, is coming before up. Before everybody else takes well, office. A week and a half, is that what I meant? Roughly, yeah. yeah. I think it's like January 2nd or 5th right. or something like that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be watching it, unfortunately. Coming up next, a uh, record number of people will fly for the holidays. Do you actually know all of your rights as a passenger? We have an executive platinum flyer with us who can <laughs> fill us in. That's next on the Gatos and Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state, the Gatos and Chad Show. The Eagles are returning to the Footprint Center on March 1st for the Hotel California 2023 Tour. Tickets are now on sale, but you can win a pair right now by going uh, to the contest page at KTAR.com. Steve Zinsmeister and Bruce St. James in for Gatos and Chad today. I know you're expecting to fly tomorrow, right? I think it's tomorrow. Allegedly. Allegedly. The, the bomb, what is it? The, the bomb, bomb cyclone, cyclone might get in the way of uh, of not just mine, but a lot of people's flights oh, a tomorrow. Ton. Uh, the entire East Coast, uh, the Midwest, all certainly being affected. TSA. It's does, about half the country you just pointed know, out, by the way. Pretty much the whole world at that and point. And even if you're not in that half of the country, your plane or your crew might be in that half of the country. It'll be stuck over there. And can't get to wherever you want Guess to what? You're going nowhere. Ouch. Uh, TSA does expect this to be some of the biggest travel numbers since... Certainly COVID. Uh, We saw a record number of travelers at Thanksgiving, which was the highest since 2019, pre-pandemic. So record number of travelers. And then I'm reading this today. Arizona's Attorney General Mark Burnovich was a part of a group of 34 attorneys general who signed a letter to the Department of Transportation. That's Pete Buttigieg. uh, Basically proposing more rights for travelers. Okay. When it comes to an airline changing your flight unexpectedly. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, you know, I think there's a, um, what was it? I want to say it was last year. There was like this passenger bill of rights. It, it's a law. Like it was passed. Like Congress, they voted and everything. And it had to do a lot with people who had been, uh, you know, stuck and canceled or overbooked or, or whatnot. Um, and the idea that the airlines have got you by the short hairs. And there's nothing you can do. You know, uh, uh, suck it up, buttercup. Go to the bar. You know, we'll let you know when our plane's going to leave. But that is not necessarily how things work. Yes. Yeah, so some of the things that they're suggesting in this letter to the Department of Transportation is basically holding the airline accountable when they make changes last minute. So if they make a significant, uh, you would be fined. The airline would be fined by the department for cancellations or extended delays that are non-weather related or just completely unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things included in this. Uh, refunds to passengers for any cancellation that results in a rescheduled flight uh, that happens later. Um credits and vouchers come into play. Do you have to book another flight on that airline or not? And you brought up a good point to me. I don't fly nearly as much as you do. Right. Mr. Executive Platinum over there. Sorry. Um, Shout out to American. You don't have to be sorry about it. Um, I don't honestly know all of my quote unquote rights as a flyer. I'm one of the people that I fly maybe two or three times a year. I check the box at the bottom that says I agree to the terms and conditions (laughs) and whatever happens on my flight, I just chalk it up to, well, I won't have to do this for another four or five months. Yeah. Um, There are rules. The Department of Transportation has rules the airlines must follow. Here's where it gets a little tricky. If you have a flight that's delayed, canceled, or overbooked, and you are denied boarding because they sold your seat to somebody else, which, by the way, they can do, 
You, you checked that little box I at the did. bottom. I, oh, I, which basically said, we can sell your seat to anybody we want whenever we want, and you don't have a Sell my soul airplane. at this point. Um, the airlines are not as... Forthcoming <laughs> with what your uh, uh, what your rules are, what, what the rules are. Um, if you don't know them, you shouldn't expect they're going to offer right to educate you. They're not going to be like, well, did you know we have a super secret menu item? <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. know, like, you you got to know going in. Yeah. Okay. So so quiz me on some of this because you know some of the rights. I, I do. I clearly have not kept up with it. Um, what are some of the things that I should be on the lookout for? Um. So let's say that um, you are – has it ever happened to you? Have you ever been stuck on the tarmac like you couldn't get to your gate? Oh, like you've arrived Sitting on the, the plane city. or you're t- going to take off and you're sitting there. There are rules. Now, they don't necessarily have to compensate you, but U.S. Airlines must provide you with food and water – no later than two hours after a tarmac delay begins. So if you're sitting on the ground and it gets to two hours, they have to provide meal service. Interesting. Food or water. Even if the flight is so short that but you if you're have sitting food on, on the, the ground, if you're sitting on the ground, yeah, they got to pull out the beverage cart and peanuts or whatever, right? And they've got to give you food if you're sitting on the ground for two hours. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, so they can't leave. Uh, I once sat on a plane for six and a half hours. Me on too. the ground. On the, I sat at the gate for six and a half hours, but they didn't have the little arm come out. The plane doors were shut. And we just sat. So there. did they abide by the rule and no. bring you guys food? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if they knew this rule, but after three hours, what they started showing movies. <laughs> that was in the day That's they exactly show the movie. Exactly what happened on yeah, my. There, they, movies. In fact, somebody asked if we could please have some food, and they said, "No, we have to save it for when we finally get in the air." Well, we actually get in the air. They broke the law. No, mm-hmm. I don't think there was this law when it happened oh, to okay. me. I think this law has been passed since then. Yeah, six hours. Interesting. Okay. How about you're involuntarily bumped? Oh, okay. Yeah, so they kicked me off the flight. Yeah. Um, there is calculations or whatever. If you're bumped off your flight, right? hmm But you still arrive at your destination within one hour of your original scheduled time, you get nothing. You're not entitled to anything. So they find they me another They put you on another flight. plane, you get there within an hour, you're fine. Okay. If you arrive between one or two hours after your original time, this is when you've been involuntarily bumped, you will be compensated 200% of your one-way ticket or $775. That's the max. Right. They cap it. Okay. Yeah. If you're more than two hours later, okay, then you'll be compensated 400% of your one-way ticket or $1,550 max. Wow. And I'll bet you nobody knows this. Well, they're not standing there handing out cash. I can tell you right now. The last thing they're doing is letting you know that. I say this nicely. Has any of this ever applied to you? As an executive of Platinum, I'm sure you don't get kicked off planes very often, but... Um, I have never gone... I've... I... Okay. So I know... I'm going to use the term of play the game. So because I know some of these things, and I know about delays or involuntary bumping, um... I can tell you that once when I was told I was being involuntarily bumped and I mentioned, oh, good, I hope it's for more than four hours because then I can get $1,500 for you. They went, hold on a second, we think we found a seat. <laughs> 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 hold on. We're going to kick somebody else off who's going to just be happy to go over to the bar. Yeah. Like, Are you cool with the bucket seat in the yeah. back? Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, so so there is a, um, uh, uh, a certain 
power in knowledge. Yeah. But you know what I've done when I've been late like that? I've got them to give me bonus miles. I've gotten to give me free flights flight for like one free leg and stuff like that. Because I'm like, well, I'll just kind of collect that stuff. Man, that's interesting. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for keeping me up to speed on that. No I problem. Honestly, I might end up needing it sometime. Where yeah. can one go to find this information? There are a variety of websites. You know, the Department of Transportation actually has a website because there's little calculations and you can put in what you're in there. And uh, I'll tweet that out. How's that? Yeah, that's great because I would like to take a I'll look at that. I'll tweet that at the Bruce St. James for all you people that are flying. And uh, you can uh, uh, keep it with you in case your flight goes haywire. A lot of people are going to need that info for the holiday season. Coming up next, one of Arizona's biggest problems doesn't get talked about nearly enough, and Mexico might be able to help us solve it. We'll tell you how next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. And this portion of the program is brought to you by Parker & Sons Plumbing and Electrical, the two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. Steve Zinsmeister and Bruce St. James in for Gatos and Chad. It's not the sexiest of topics, Bruce. Oh, I love it. It doesn't get talked about a lot or enough. I agree. But it might be Arizona's biggest problem right now. Yeah, because if you ask people right now, what is the biggest existential threat Ooh, the to the state of Arizona? Invasion at the border. Yeah, no. No? Okay. No. Um, even, election integrity. Close. No, not even. That's not it? No, probably not top 100. Uh, we need to pay our teachers more. Uh, yeah, no. How about water? How about water? Well, I know it comes out of the faucet when I... Well, turn it, it. It does now, but <laughs> but it may not for much longer. Okay. Uh, and that is, uh, I'm exaggerating to prove the point. Um, but we have a fundamental problem here in the Southwest, which is we continue to grow. Uh, and not just people, but industry, et cetera. You know, we, we, are, we are growing. Um, the amount of water is decreasing at the same time. So if you're looking at a graph, they're going the wrong way. And there is a point where uh, there is no water. There is a point where it's just not there. More demand, less supply. Yeah. Which I'm led to believe is usually a bad thing. Exactly. Drive up the cost. It's We're going to run out eventually. Well, think about this. Oh, practically everything else. I'm going to use air and water, set them to the side. Everything else, we can come up with an alternative for. We can, technology might, this, you, you, but there is no, there is no replacement for water. Okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. And, and we've seen the drastic images of the Colorado River, which is where we get the majority of our water currently. And, I mean, you look at the walls, like the rock walls of the lakes. So. It's ridiculously how uh, it's ridiculous how low the lake is now. I'm old enough that when we used to drive to Vegas, we had to drive over the dam. We didn't have the fancy the new dam. highway, right? Yeah, and you could stop and you could you could look. You know, it's a touristy thing, kind of cool to look at. And I remember that you walk along the dam and you could practically reach over and touch the water. The water was near the top of the dam. Now. You look over and you've got to like hang over the side to see any water and see where the water line is. And we're draining it. We're like draining the, yeah. the puddle down there at the bottom. Exactly. Um, so the issue has to do with it's not necessarily there's less water in the Colorado River and the way the way that it flows. It's more people have straws in the Colorado River sucking water out of it. Yeah. Higher demand. Therefore, right? supply. So we've heard about 
two possible solutions, or at least these are the two biggest ones I've heard about. Let's start with one that seems to be gaining some traction here. The idea of getting water from Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you would have to obviously desalinate a lot of that water coming from Mexico and pumping we would take it, it out of the, the ocean. Right. Out of the ocean and pumping it into the state of Arizona. Yeah. What do you like about that plan? I like a lot about it. Well, first off, I'd say anytime you talk about like how crazy does it sound that we would pump water, have a pipeline. We have an oil pipelines, gas pipeline. We'd have a water pipeline from Mexico. And you go, that sounds crazy. Well, is that crazy or is you go to turn the faucet on and no water come out crazy, which is crazier, uh, Yeah, <laughs> right? I think the, the um, latter is crazier to me. It's pretty amazing because the technology continues to improve. Uh, desalination is the process that, that uh, you have to go through to take salt water, ocean water, and make it where you could use it for people, crops, industry, etc. Um, the Middle East is actually on the cutting edge of this. They're very good at it. Well, they got a hell of a lot of sand, uh, apparently, and not nearly enough water. Um, I know that, uh, like, Saudi Arabia is like one of the world's leader in an arid land agriculture. Oh. They, they grow fruit, food out there in the desert. How do they do it? They pump water out of the, uh, out of the Persian Gulf. They desalinate it and they have pipelines that go and, and deliver water everywhere. Um, desalination might be the thing. That saves the Western United States and the way of life we've become accustomed to. Right. I suppose the other part of the equation is oh, Mexico has to be on board for this plan. Well, they to make work. money yeah. off of it. Absolutely. So I, yeah. I'm just saying it takes two partners to tango, I guess. The other idea that I've heard more from political candidates than anywhere is the idea of taking water from the East Coast, from the Mississippi River. Literally. Where, right. Taking their water from there and pipelining it to the West Coast. So, so I know way too much. I'm no fun at parties. You can only imagine, you know, because <laughs> what can you talk about? Well, you want to talk about uh, water uh, in the West? So uh, it's right around 3% of the world's water is freshwater, drinkable. 97% is saltwater, seawater. Right. That number is unchanged over eons. So the water's not going away. No, the fact that we don't have enough water here. Usually, there's, there's too much water somewhere else. So the Mississippi River has too much water? The Mississippi River overflows its banks. They have flooding constantly. We'll People that it. live along the Mississippi are like, dear God, would you divert this thing? Take it somewhere else. Both plans seem, uh, they sound good in yeah. principle. I don't know which one uh, experts prefer, and I, I suppose that's up to some of our lawmakers. Um, I know Governor Ducey's put a lot of money into this, too. No, not going to be cheap. Building a pipeline ain't easy. Yeah. You think, you think gas is expensive? Wait till water gets like that. How much is it, gallon? Well, we're going to have to find a solution pretty quick because this problem, like you yeah. said, I mean, eventually nothing comes out of the we're town. We're in a law of diminishing returns right now. Coming up next, there's a super secret underground bowling alley in downtown Phoenix. I don't know Sweet. if you knew that. It's actually, it's being dug up now. Oh, I don't like that. I've seen it. What? I'll tell you that story next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show. Do you know a Remarkable Valley teacher deserving of 2500 bucks? You should probably text uh, teacher to 411923 and nominate that teacher today for pay tribute to a teacher. Teacher to 411923. It's pay tribute to a teacher presented by your Valley Toyota dealers. Steve Zinsmeister and Bruce St. James in for Gatos and Chad today. Bruce, did you know that there is a super secret underground bowling alley in downtown Phoenix? I most certainly did not. 
I think a lot of people are right there with you when they read the story today from 12 News that I'm looking at right now. Historic basement bowling alley from 1920s was unearthed in downtown Phoenix today. What? You know what's funny? I've seen it. No, you have not. I have seen it. I have not been in it. I've seen it. I knew it was there. You knew. This is not news to you. So... Long, long time ago, obviously, downtown was very, very different. Long before my time, long before yours. Yeah, not that long. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah. It's there's a there was a parking lot just north of the uh, ASU Cronkite building and just east of the Westward Ho. That's probably a building that a lot of people recognize. The Westward Ho, yes. I used to work, uh, the the radio station used to be attached to the Westward Ho, right there. Supposedly, there's mm-hmm. an underground network of tunnels that... Dignitaries, presidents, important people who stayed at the Westward Ho back in the day used to use to get out of the hotel, right? Okay. Without being harassed or seen mm-hmm. or whatever. And underneath what is what was a parking lot until they dug it out, I guess, today. Um, so that was the parking lot where a lot of people parked to go to school. I lived a block away from it. I okay. lived in an apartment with a friend. When we were in college. Yeah, there's like a post office right there. There's right the there. Westward Ho right there. Right there. Okay. I lived a hundred yards away from this. Okay, thing. okay, okay. And if you look at the sidewalks down there, yeah. they had little glass squares in the sidewalk. I always just thought they were decorative. Well, decorative. So, yeah, you see that. You put things in the concrete or whatever. They're skylights. No, they're not. For the underground bowling alley. What? This is not a thing. This is a thing in downtown Phoenix. Well, it's not anymore. They dug it up. It's a giant hole now. Um so here's what happened. So we were walking. I mean, you would see when you walked by it, not only the skylights, which we later found out was what they were, uh-huh. but also there was an entrance to the bowling alley. It was literally a hole the size of, I don't know, a dining room table, maybe. Okay, okay. In the corner of the parking lot. And it had a big sheet of metal over it. Yeah. With, you know, those cement blocks they put at the top of your parking spot? So yeah, you, so you don't go too it. far. Yeah. yeah. They had one on either side holding, like the, holding the metal, the metal down thing down. So that nobody would go down the hole. Doy. One day, we're walking home from school. Okay. We're probably like, what, 19, 20 years old. And we're walking past that hole. It's been there the whole time. And it's completely uncovered. And we're like, that's weird. Yeah. And my buddy says, we're going down there. No, no, we're not. He's, he's like, we're going. Who's We're doing who's it. Who's his buddy? <laughs> maybe, maybe not the smartest What's his first uh, name? friendship. Do I have to give the first name? I want to know his name. Is there criminality involved in it? No, of not yet. Oh, okay, great. Well, he was my roommate in college. Okay. I just want to know to stay away from this guy, but keep oh, going. No, you won't have to worry about that. Okay. Um... So he says, we're going down there. And I said, ah. He sees a hole in the ground and says, let's go down into it. So by this time, we knew what was down there, or at least was decades ago. Uh, So he goes, we're going to go look at it. We're going to take some pictures. We're going to take a camera. And I said, eh, I'm too big of a stickler for the rules. I'm I'm not doing this. I'm a big weenie. I ain't going down there. I was like, that looks scary as hell. I ain't doing that. So he goes in the middle of the night. So as not to be caught, I guess. That's when the monsters come out! (laughs) You would think. He and a photographer, a friend of his, go down into the underground bowling alley. Called the Gold Spot is what it was called. Underneath the parking lot. Underground bowling alley. And they took videos. They took pictures. There's still like bowling pin pictures on the walls. The lanes. You could tell where they built the lanes. 
There's this is signs. Like, this is the beginning of every horror movie. I fully anticipated I was never going to see him again. Zombies live down I there. Say, Good luck with that. It was nice knowing yeah. you. Yeah. There's a hard no. I'm going down there. I saw this story today that they finally dug out the bowling alley, and I texted it. I texted the story to him. Right. And he sent me back a video that they put together that I just showed you. It's terrifying. It's it looks like the Blair movie. Witch Project. It's an absolute horror movie. It's pitch black. Obviously, it's underground. And he went at midnight when the monsters come out. So he comes back. And, and it's got like weird things on the wall. Oh, it has spray painting. It's been almost vandalized, you, you would say, people right? people have been down there. People have been down there. doing yeah. God, Or the zombies yeah. uh, are you know, the communicating other. with one another however they do that. It looks terrifying. Yeah. It is a absolute. Well, is. I'm glad they dug this thing up. Yeah, I have no idea why the hole was uncovered that day. And what's funny enough is after they did it, the hole was covered up like the next day. And we, you know, I have no idea who uncovered it. The zombies it. pulled the thing back over the top of it. I they don't want it people to be in there. I suppose it wouldn't take too many people to just lift some cement. No, the cement things are not that heavy. It's not. Too yeah. many could move on. It those. wasn't the greatest idea for a, a door, essentially. It, we, I was going to say, it, it, security wasn't high on the list. You were begging the 19-year-olds you to go down. You were asking <laughs> for people to go down into the ancient, and by the way, yes, built in the 20s. 1920s. And they said it, it basically closed in the 50s. Yes. Kind of the golden age of downtown There, there Phoenix, used to be a sporting goods store on that, that corner right there at Central right. and Fillmore. And the bowling alley was in the basement of the of the, of the uh, sporting goods store. So if you, uh, 12 News has a great article up on this. And if you look, there's some pictures that they have of like, you know, the concrete structure. You can tell where the lanes were in the bowling yeah, yeah, yeah. alley. And it says, please stay back of the foul line. Clear as day. Written mm, on the on the beam. That's something zombies And that's something there. that is in the video that my friend just sent to me. Yes. It's terrifying. It's, Yeah. It's interesting, and that's exactly why I told him I wasn't going to go. Nor should you. It's one of the few times I think you've made the right decision, Steve. I was also like, did they uncover the hole in anticipation someone would go down there and they would catch him? Okay, who? Who's they? I don't know. The zombies? The government? Okay, the government? I don't know. I'm much more. Who controls the underground bowling alleys? Who owns that? I, I have don't no idea. Know. Again, that is that is a horror movie waiting to happen. So as of right now, it's a giant hole in the middle of downtown Phoenix. It was a bowling alley from the 1920s, and I've seen it. What else is buried under this city? Now That's I'm really starting question. to get worried. I'm sure there's like bank vaults and stuff down there. Who? Okay, call Geraldo Rivera. Buried the treasure. Stuff. Come on, Jerry. Hey, Carrie Lake finally gets her day in court. Has she proven that the election was stolen from her yet? We'll talk to a legal expert. Bruce and I are going to get a lawyer next. <laughs>